You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. This episode of This Glorious Mess is brought to you by Little Coughs. For the soothing relief of coughs and chest congestion, Little Coughs is available at all leading pharmacies. Always read the label, follow the directions for use. If symptoms persist, talk to your health professional. Consult your health professional before using Little Coughs in children under two years of age. This Glorious Mess. Little kids. Like me. Welcome to this glorious mess, little kids. I'm Tegan Natoli, and you are. I am Lee Campbell, mother of Alexander. Oh, who are you, mother so of? Oh, God, I, just let me get out my roll call. I've got Indiana, Samara, and Banjo. So together we have four under four. Yeah, we do too. Actually, we should start a little pilgrimage. Is that what they're called? <laughs> Soccer team. <laughs> that's, that's a little bit better. We could start almost anything. <laughs> What even is a pilgrimage? You could ta- start a swim team because we took them swimming the other week. Oh, we did. Oh, Wasn't that a hoot? It was really fun. I had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over in the furthest pool away, Alexander insisted that he take mum to the furthest part of the pool away from where he, I was like, please were. let me play with my friend. And he was like, no. <laughs> and then the girls got cold after 24 seconds. So I'm like, I'm so glad I spent all that money for uh, us to come to the local That's toddlers pool. though, right? Oh, but anyway, they enjoyed the banana bread, didn't they? Exactly. We had a coffee. It's burned a few hours. And had a few 4,000 half-quarter conversations. Exactly. Okay, so what are we chatting about today? So as some of you know, Lee and I both work for ourselves while you do work at Mamma Mia. I do. You also run your own side hustle. Yeah, so I work for Mamma Mia three days a week, but then I have my own company, actually. It's not just a business. Oh, I turned it into a company. Fancy pants. And I do a bunch of media stuff there, influencing, although I hate that word, uh, <laughs> copywriting, consulting to brands, You're event very hosting. Good. Oh, thanks, friend. Yeah. So, yes, I work for myself, as do you. You own a couple yes. of day spas. Yes, so we've got Bump Day Spa with a girlfriend of mine. So while I'm not a therapist myself, so I'm not technically in working in the business. I'm constantly working you work on, on the, the business. business. Yes. Like a full-time job, basically. So there's two, I was going to call them outlets, spas, spas. in Sydney. Yeah. Yep. So we've got two locations, Double Bay and Cronulla. Can't wait to expand more, but obviously that takes a little bit of time. And hopefully COVID's gone. Yeah. And the world is a crazy risky. place at the moment. So we'll just calm our farm with that one. But a lot of women, speaking of COVID, obviously times are changing and a lot of women are at home or even if they were working in a workplace, are back working at home with or without kids, whether the kids are in daycare or not, or at school. But it seems to come up a lot in the discussions on the show and in the Mamma Mia Parents Facebook group, how to balance work and family. Does one parent stay at home? Does one parent work part-time? It can be really, really tricky. It's usually the woman that works part-time. That's right. But doing a full-time job plus well, like I parenting. do three days here and then at least three days on my business. I work one full weekend day. And it's fine because my husband, I say I'm working Saturday, I'm working Sunday. That yeah. means, hey, you have to primary care give on that mm. day. But I find it's women that do the work juggle more than men. Yeah. And maybe that is just the social expectation that men continue doing what they obviously it's the in patriarchy. the patriarchy in the early stages of you know newborn motherhood when you're breastfeeding and all that you know the men might have some time off if you're like my husband who runs his own business he had a concrete pour the morning of my cesarean and went back to work that afternoon <laughs> thanks Dale. but you know like sometimes their job is to go off to work and provide well yes. that's what society tells us you know right yes. but then Women more than ever are doing more than ever. Oh, don't even start me. So like back in the day, weren't our mums like, oh, 
Was maternity leave even a thing? I felt like when you got married, you didn't even work. I think my mum worked for sure. She stopped working after my brother, I think. So after a second child. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I grew up, perhaps it's an indication of where I grew up, but a lot of the mums, school mums, like my friends' mums didn't work. Yeah. But now things have changed. Life is expensive. Yeah, it really is. And the pressure on women. And also we want to work. A lot of us want to work. It's fantastic if you don't, if you don't have to. But in my family, I have to work financially and I also get so much joy. And there is also the issue of... A woman may want to go back to work, but then the cost of daycare outweighs the earnings, so she can't. Yes. So it's really hard. And I think finding a way where women can earn money at home. Yes. Whether they have the kids at home or not. Yeah. Just being from home is, you know, a lot of people live rurally. Not everyone lives in the CBD of Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane and work opportunities are difficult. So stuff you can do at home is life changing. And the world is online now. So I feel like it's more accustomed to this than ever. And today we're going to bring in Jodie Allen. She, I think, will have some answers for us on how to do this. She's the author of Earn at Home Mum and the founder of the blog Stay at Home Mum. And she's joining us a little later in the show and she's going to talk about more flexible work life and how to earn a little bit of cash on the side. I need more cash on the side. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) And also our WTFs and recommendations of the week, which we know you're loving our recommendations at the moment. I'm loving recommending them. I'm loving listening to your recommendations. (laughs) I need to keep a list though. Like during my week, I'll go like, oh my God, I have to say this for my recommendation. Then I forget. Mum brain. But first we have a listener dilemma. Now it's time for Listener Dilemmas. As you know, each week we answer a listener dilemma and today we've got one from Meg. So she actually emailed us a voicemail. We're going to play that in a second. And the email was titled, Do Toys for a Toddler Need to Meet the Earth Mother Instagram Aesthetic? This is what she had to say. Hi, this glorious mess. I'm just calling as I have a listener dilemma. One of my beautiful girlfriends has just given me a boot full of toys. Uh, They are all like Fisher and Parkle brand quality toys but they all light up and they all make noise and they all are plastic and very colorful and my baby's one year old and I kind of prefer her to be playing with building blocks have I got some kind of hangover snobbery of what toys should be um you know I'm just I'm wondering if I've got some ethical Instagram earth mother idea in my head when it's just not reality um, so I'm thinking about giving these toys away, but am I going to regret that in three months' time when my one-year-old is more of a toddler and wants the things that light up and make noise and press buttons and things like that? Anyway, happy for any advice. Thanks. Bye. I love Meg. I love her. Thanks, Meg. I feel like she represents a lot of us because totally. we do have these beautiful like rattan and earthy blocks. Yeah. and Meg was me pre- Linen curtains. Pe- yeah. Pre-parenting, I was like, I'll only have neutral timber. <laughs> and because I'm such a researcher, I looked into everything and research shows that non-noisy, non-light up are actually best for their development because it forces their brain cognitive thinking to actually be more creative by playing with the blocks and stuff. Then I had a kid. Yeah. And to be honest, we were gifted a lot of noisy things. He has a really good mix of like timber toys and timber, like just simple stuff that has no batteries and no electronics and then stuff that obviously lights up. He has favourites in both categories and he's got some trucks that light up that he doesn't want to touch, not Mm. a bar of. So I basically let him choose. I know he's supposed to rotate your toys and we do that occasionally. But he'll just go through loving his timber elephant and he'll carry him everywhere and sleep with him. 
He'll also love his light up John Deere tractor. Yeah. And so I just kind of let him choose. Yeah. And I think you're right. Having the option and the variety is the way to go. It's funny that Meg said she was going to keep them for when they're a toddler because I actually found that the light up plasticky, the lights, the sounds, the colours, the shapes was more for babies. Like Mm. my kids liked that kind of thing. Like I think we had one of those walker things and you could touch the buttons and they'd flash up and they loved that at one, at the six months to 18 months. But now that they are toddlers, they love a book. They still have those toys around if they want them. And and like you, I have a mixture of, you know, your wooden and your old traditional toys as opposed to the flashy light up plastic ones. But you know, they're going to like what they like. I think it's nice to have the option. Me I don't too. think they'll hurt them. No, if that makes sense. I think. I don't think it will desensitize we're them. We're all to so cautious these days that it's, yeah, they're not going to end up in therapy because you gave them <laughs> a flushing teddy bear. But I think the book point is really important. Like Alexander sometimes will really lean into his flushy, noisy, <laughs> drive yeah. me crazy stuff. But we make sure we read in his little reading nook every night a couple of books before bed. So we're making sure we're still having that connection yeah. and learning. And so I don't feel like I'm letting a truck do all the parenting, and if I that makes sense. You mentioned a while ago how you were right into learning about all the schemers mm. yeah the play scheme is it, are they called play, play schemers, schemers yeah. absolutely so you might find that they you know one month or for a little while they might be really into the flashy lighty toys but then in another yeah, they get area they want to go jump and climb and they don't want to bar of them so but to answer your question meg i think if you don't want them, just get rid of them. Your child doesn't know they exist yet. Yeah, just give them the box that they came in because <laughs> yes. they'll probably like that just as much. Give your one-year-old a box of tissues <laughs> and this problem is solved. No timber or plastic. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment, but first a message from today's sponsor. It's starting to get cold already and you know what that means. The daycare cold or cough will be across the playground before we know it. Obviously, colds aren't good for you or your kids. Running between work and the doctors and nursing them back to health, you're going to be exhausted. So when they get sick, you'll probably need something to relieve them from some of the symptoms. Little Cough's Ivy Leaf Extract is here to help thin and loosen some of that mucus and relieve chest congestion so you and your little one can get back to playtime faster. And importantly, it's got no added gluten, wheat or lactose. It's also available in raspberry flavour, so you'll be sure to find something to suit your little one's taste buds. Little Coughs is available at all leading pharmacies. Always read the label, follow the directions for use. If symptoms persist, talk to your health professional. Consult your health professional before using Little Coughs in children under two years of age. In 2009, Jodie was made redundant while pregnant with her second child. Out of necessity, she started a blog, Stay at Home Mum, and today it's one of Australia's biggest mother's networks. Now, Jodie has written a book called Earn at Home Mum. It looks at how parents can create a flexible and financially beneficial lifestyle outside of nine to five. She says in the opening of her book, As parents, we often feel that we are juggling more balls in the air than we can possibly handle. Long gone are the days when there was only one breadwinner whose wages were sufficient enough to support the whole family. Now, in most two-parent families, both parents have to work and the cycle of rushing out to work, parenting, cooking and housekeeping and sleep day in and day out totally sucks. If this sounds like you, I know it definitely sounds like me. Me too. <laughs> and you're looking for a way out or even a side hustle that could bring you a little relief, Jody joins us now to tell us how. So Jody, can you tell us a little bit about your story and what made you decide to start the stay-at-home mum blog and what made you want to write this book? 
been doing stay-at-home mum for 10 years now and it all started when I was made redundant. I had two babies under 12 months, so I know, Tegan, you've done three ah. under 13 months, so I feel your pain. <laughs> I don't recommend anyone do that. And we were building a house at the time and this happened right in the middle. So if we wanted to keep this house, it, we'd worked so hard towards, we only had $50 a week to live on groceries. So really, I, st- I started the Facebook group just out of finding tips on how to live on less and it just exploded. Exploded. We, at one stage, we were getting 1,500 Facebook likes every half an hour. Wow. So, yeah, it kind of, it found me more than I found it. And, yeah, today we've um, five books down. I've got a staff on hand and I'm working at full time with my husband. And it's fantastic. I love it. I get my dream job. Your husband's now a stay-at-home mum. <laughs> <laughs> he, surprisingly, he does most of the parenting now. Oh, very good. It's, it's sort of a, a reverse. He does the school run, makes the lunches, fix the boys up and I go to work most of the day. But it works for us. It's so funny. I feel like so many women when they're off on maternity leave or at home with a baby often – I don't know whether it's out of boredom, but they... It's a uh, light bulb moment. Yeah, they're like, I want to do this or I want to start that. or It's almost like their mind gets creative. I don't know whether when they're feeding during the night, they're sitting there thinking of the next business plan. But why do you think the <laughs> earn-at-home lifestyle is so attractive right now? Oh, I think it just gives us that balance. Of, well, if there is a balance, you know, that's always difficult. But with family and work, I always wanted to stay home. But at the same time, when I was just home with the kids, I was bored as batshit so I wanted that variety I needed to feed my brain and I needed to make a bit of money but at the same time I wanted to be home with my babies and I think most mums kind of feel that way um plus I'm totally an introvert love being at home in my jammies all day don't like leaving the house so it was perfect for me what do you think holds some women back that perhaps are supposed to go back to their nine to five or work in a nine to five and they want to work for themselves or work from home, but they're scared? Do you think it's just the unknown? I mean, I guess you face the unknown yourself. Absolutely. And it is a making a conscious decision of whether you've got to do that big jump or not. And it, it is, it's, it's totally scary. And um, it's also judging whether you know that if you're at home, you will work or you know you know knowing yourself whether you know you're home and then you just go watch Dr Phil all day and eat chips <laughs> or or you know or you need that a lot of people need that office and need that creativity of having other people around them and you know you have to sort of look at how you are in the real world and then choose from there because I think if I was tremendously social I would have definitely gone back to work because I would have needed that but luckily I'm very not it sort of really suits my lifestyle and how I am but it is a big jump but it if you always wanted to be your own boss after having children and being at home that's the time to do it. Mm, I love this. Jodie, your book is incredibly practical. What are some of the tips that you've got? Like what's your best advice for someone who wants to boost their income or change their lifestyle? My first one would be to try and decide what sort of person you are, whether you just want to make a little bit of money on the side or whether you want to go two feet first in, have your own business and make it your full-time income. So I do talk a lot about that in the book, you know, of focusing on what type of person you are and how to make money that way because there's a lot of little things that you can do that will earn just a little bit here and there and then I go into a lot of detail of okay you want to do your own business that's great here are all the things that you can do and all the ideas and 
you know, you might just come across one that you'd never thought of before or something totally left of centre. I see a few people at the moment are doing dog mullets, they, which is crazy. They, so they're already, they do, you know, puppy trimming and make them all nice. But see, that's really trending at the moment. So they're specialising in dog mullets, which is so hilariously funny. But it's just something so bizarre and so unique and they're just going for it and they're making a killing. So it's sometimes just thinking of that most bizarre idea and just going for it. Rolling with it. Finding yeah. a niche, I guess. Yeah. I wondered if the business side of things daunted you. I've got a lot of girlfriends who might have a side hustle or might be creative, but they don't know how to do the business slash setting up the company, the ABN, the Bass, Mm. all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Were you that way minded when you started out? I had no idea. I didn't know what a blog was. I didn't know how to start a website. I didn't know anything. But again, the internet is a marvellous place and I go to YouTube to learn just about anything even now. So (laughs) I did a lot of just research, having a look around, finding all the... I tried to do as much of it myself and then when I get absolutely stuck, then I go to the experts. Once I'd set all the business up, I went to my accountant who told me I'd done it all wrong. But (laughs) at the same time, I'd done a lot of things right. So you can do as much of it yourself and just work it out but I have gone through the book in all the ways you know all the things starting your own name getting the ABN you know whether you want to do a company all the practical things that you need just to get started because it, it is overwhelming yeah I think that's the scary stuff it's a nice idea as well I know when I found all that stuff overwhelming only until you find like a nice mentor or someone that can kind of talk you through all the the business side of stuff that you were talking about that might be overwhelming because you don't want to like set you back off doing your little business idea or your little hustle as well no well that's right you want to get stuck into the nitty-gritty of it so absolutely and I think having a mentor is great and there's a lot of Facebook groups now where you can find mentors they match you which is great you see the great thing about now is there are so many options for you if you want to work from home there's so many tools most of them are free as well you know just things like project management and communication and like there's Canva that helps you do all your graphics and things like that and most of them weren't around when I started so it's really great now everyone's in a prime position. I use Canva for all my design stuff and a great (laughs) side note she's a fantastic lady startup who just thought of it herself and now is rolling in it. Phenomenal. She is good on her. She deserves it. Uh, She's done so well and it makes my heart sing when I see a woman doing so well in business. We need more of it. Me too. Now, listen, let's talk about the cons because in my mind, working for myself looks like, you know, 10 a.m. yoga, then (laughs) then a phone call, then I might cook dinner early, then do a meeting. That's not always the reality of working for yourself, right? Uh, No, 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 it isn't. And you really have to get yourself into a you know a regular routine I get up and I put my uniform on and my uniform today and most days is active wear because it's nice and comfy so I get up have my shower once I've got my active wear on I'm working mm. and uh, the other drawback is having the fridge right there because the first <laughs> few years I put on so much weight because I'd just go go to the fridge because I just felt like a snack but now I pack my lunches when I pack my boys lunches for school oh, that's oh. very so Yes, it is. It's discipline and just you're not allowed to watch Dr. Phil. You know, when you're home, you've got to take advantage of that, that those hours. And that, that took me a little while to get used to, as I think everyone struggles with. Have you found that COVID has made this, you know, I suppose more of a acceptable opportunity for women? Well, for everyone, really. 
Oh, COVID has made what I've been doing for years. COVID has sort of made Normalized, other yeah. business. That's right. And it's, I loved COVID for us. Yeah. You know, we saw a huge rise in website traffic, but it normalized people working from home. And I think that's a really good thing. I think more employers should give particularly mums that opportunity because I think it's been proven that if you work from home, you actually get more work done than if you went into the office. Oh, a thousand percent. And if you want something done, give it to a busy mum because she doesn't have any time to waste. She'll just get it done. So true. Exactly right. And I employ mostly mums and they get shit done. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I wondered if there's women listening to this, they might be mums that are working or about to go back to work from mat leave and are thinking, oh, I'd really like to do that, but I don't have an idea. I don't know what the work Mm. could be. Is the book going to help in that way? Absolutely. I've got hundreds and hundreds of ideas in lots of different areas. So, you know, if you're a computer buff, I've got loads and loads of ideas. If you're like an artist and you're creative, here's lots and lots and lots of ideas. So, yeah, there's a little bit for everyone. You just focus on what you're good at or what you like doing and then you can kind of look up that area and see all the the niches in those areas. And then I've also listed things that are doing really, really well at the moment, those niche areas that have boomed lately, which things like latex lingerie. I know it's bizarre. Sells a lot. (laughs) Don't tell my husband that. Oh, I couldn't think of anything worse personally. Imagine getting in and out of those. Oh, you need some talcum powder. (laughs) (laughs) But it's niche and it's selling. And I actually find a lot of the adult sectors have such a huge markup on them that mums are making a fortune. Love that. Go mums. Yes, Yes, go go mums. We can't wait to see some of the listeners and see if you've sparked any... I'm giving them a kick up the bum. <laughs> they can do it. The book will give them a kick up the bum. It's like it tells you to get out of your own way and just make it happen. Yes, no excuses. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Jody. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks. you. That was Jodie Allen, author of the new book, Earn at Home Mum. It's out now and available at all good bookstores and we've popped a link in the show notes for you all to check it out. What about bad bookstores? Is it ever in bad bookstores? No, only the good ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Recommendations. My recommendations. What so you got? my son essentially exclusively eats microwave dinners because he just hates me. Oh my me. god, that is so good. I wish all my kids <gasps> ate microwave dinners. Okay, no, but not all microwave dinners. He's extremely fussy. He'll eat whatever I make generally during the day. Apparently he eats everything at daycare, but at dinner I will make like a shepherd's pie or a bolognese identical to one of the frozen ones. <laughs> will not touch it. Like he knows. I'll drown it in cheese. I'll do everything I can. So he's been living <laughs> off those bloody Annabelle Carmel whatevers. And then Nourishing Bubs, yes. which is an Aussie company. Yes. And lots of goodness in there. They've just launched a couple of toddler meals. And actually, Olivia, who is the founder of Nourishing Bubs, she's a pediatric dietitian. Oh, yeah. They're like so fully legit. They are like good. For, you don't feel bad about no. giving the frozen. They snuck, they snuck all the goodness in yeah. there. Yeah. So we've tried two so far. Hated the risotto. Threw it at me. Loves the fried rice. Yum. Yes. Yes. It's just one more thing to I add actually to my just repertoire. bought some of those from Woolworths the other day, so I'm yet to pull them out. Maybe tonight. Yes, there you I'm go. so That's excited. Well, yeah, if you want any of the risottos, I've got eight. <laughs> eight she doesn't want. There's so many pre-made options for babies, but there's not a lot of ready-made toddler meals. It blows my mind that there's not five other so brands in this category because they would go off. This is a good one. Yes. That's a good record. Nourishing Bubs, new toddler meals. Please make 80,000 different flavours yes. so I never have to cook again. Yes. 
What the? What the? What the? What the? Parenting? Oof! WTF of the week. You can go first. I think ours are going to be similar. Oh, I think they both involve poo <laughs> and nappies. Rich went to Melbourne the other week for work. He is from Melbourne. Yeah. So he was down there doing some work and seeing his family and stuff. And I had to juggle Alexander and work and stuff, which is fine. Just like, life he in goes, general. He works all the time during the week anyway, but he's home for the mornings and the nights. Yeah. And one morning... We had just had breakfast and I said to Alexander, oh, Bob, do you need me to change your nappy? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. And I could smell it and I took him into his room. I can't even. Like, I can't even. And when I took his pants off and I wasn't ex- – I just wasn't expecting yeah. what it was. So when I pulled the pants, it just, Ooh. like, exploded. The poo everywhere. Floor, wall, Stop. cot, everything. I, was it a sloppy one or yes, a hard one? it was a sloppy Sorry one. Sorry if anyone's eating Because he just right had now. a lot of fruit and it had just, like, pushed it. Anyway, I – grabbed him, cleaned him up and then put him, like trapped him in the cot so I could clean the carpet, the walls, everything. Fine. No problem. Then we're on the phone to daddy that night. Daddy's or whatever. And we're just sitting in the bath and I just see Alexander lean to the side and a little something snake out of his butt. In the bath? It was my first ever poo P- bath. Bath, bath poo. poo. Yes. Oh, poo bath. <laughs> and I was like, gotta go. It's like and a mud bath. I grabbed him. Oh my god! And I ran into the ensuite to shower him. He hates showers. So... It was like trying to shower one of those flailing blow-up men outside a used car sales <laughs> place. And by the time I actually showered him, dressed him, again trapped him in the cot and went to clean up the bath, all the poo had disintegrated. So it was like poo soup through the whole yeah, bath. Yeah, that's so hard. And I was like, Rich, you are never going away again. And he only ever does it when Rich goes away. And otherwise for Rich, beautiful, nice, yeah, clean, white. Nuggets. There you go. <laughs> Honestly. What a shit show. What a shit show. <laughs> well, look, actually mine's along the same lines, but I just don't even know what to do. I almost need to ask someone. Banjo, like, thinks <laughs> me changing his nappy is so hysterical. So, like, when he's done a poo, same thing. Like, he'll say, yeah, done a poo. I'm like, okay, lie down. And I'll take the nappy and I'll start wiping him. It's like I'm tickling him under his armpits and he literally just bursts into, like, belly laughter. Does he try and get away? But, like, a crocodile. Aww. So, meanwhile, I've got poo going everywhere. Or even if it's not poo, like, he just... He finds having his nappy changed or his ass wiped so hilarious. But how do you keep him still? I really struggle no, with that. No, so like especially if there's like a bit of a, you Mess know, crazy with. poo. Yeah. I honestly don't know. Does anyone have any contraptions that we can cuff our they, children They to? invented one that you strap them down when they're a bit smaller. Stop. But Alexander's stronger than me. When he's got Will in him and he wants oh. to get away, he's way stronger than me. And yeah, good luck tying up a toddler. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost violating. I so try I now know. if he's really anti, I'll change him in the living room where the TV's on and he'll like get mesmerised. Oh, that's what I do. I don't even. I maybe. used to take him to his room, but now he knows his room is either sleep or poo. And he's like, I don't want to do either. It's either nappies or sleep, the two worst things. Well, if anyone has any tips, let me know. Yes, please. (laughs) But... That's, That's it for today. Oh. You're all got to go off and start your own oh, side I'm, I'm off to resign from Mamma Mia right now. <laughs> Here I go. I'm going to work at home mama. Oh. So don't forget, if you like listening to us, please leave us a review. It really does help us. Wherever you listen to us, there's a way to give us five stars and leave a lovely comment. You can also email us your parenting dilemma and we will help. TGM at mamma mia.com.au or leave the dilemma on the pod phone and we will 
feature it on the show. The number is 028999386. Don't forget, if you're not in the Mamma Mia Parents Facebook group, <clears throat> Tegan, it is a wonderful place to be. Oh, and if you are inspired by Jodie, which Tegan and I both are, we have the perfect podcast that we prepared <laughs> earlier. Mamma Mia's very own Lady Startup Stories is a podcast and it's interviews with incredible women who made the leap and built their businesses. It is inspiring yeah. AF. You can listen to the latest episode with Nicole Liu, the founder of Australia's first prescription pill service. So let's take a little listen. But when I started talking about it to my friends, I think it basically opened up a conversation of all these issues they've been having with their reproductive health. Um, So I found out like a friend of mine actually got diagnosed with PCOS. Another friend of mine had been dealing with endometriosis for a while and that was like something that she was dealing with so much, which is why like um, she was in so much pain all the time. And another friend of mine actually had gone through like a miscarriage and none of us knew about it. And so it was like, it wasn't all one conversation, obviously, but like sort of like the spiral of conversation after conversation where you just find out about so many issues that weren't spoken about sort of led me to realize that it was so, it felt so stigmatized. And it was such a weird thing because like, you know, we're so progressive now in like 2021 now and something like this that affects us in like quite a big way felt like we couldn't actually open up to each other to talk about. This Glorious Mess is brought to you by Mamma Mia and this episode is produced by Michaela Floriano. Have a great week and we'll see you next Monday. Ciao, ciao. This episode of This Glorious Mess was brought to you by Little Coughs for the soothing relief of coughs and chest congestion. Little Coughs is available at all leading pharmacies. Always read the label, follow the directions for use. If symptoms persist, talk to your health professional. Consult your health professional before using Little Coughs in children under two years of age. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.